On today's podcast, tape 24, Rolled Gold by the Action and Mighty Baby by Mighty Baby. Trust the Wizards present Robert Pollard's Guide to the Late 60s. Before going on tour with his band, Guided by Voices, in 2001, Robert Pollard recorded his favourite records onto 62 double-sided cassettes. Music from 1966 to 1971, from the best-known bands of the era to obscure, unheard-of psychedelic curios. The Wizards are on a mission to listen to and explore every groove. Kicker and Chorizo invite you to turn off your mind, relax and float downstream as you listen to Robert Pollard's guide to the late 60s. The first album we're going to talk about today is called Rolled Gold uh, from Kentish Town uh, band called The Action uh, who were signed to Parlophone, the Beatles label. In 1965, they released a few singles on that label, mainly covers of uh, American Soul and Motown R&B songs, including a pretty decent version of The Marvelettes' I'll Keep Holding On, produced by George Martin. Uh, but despite their mod-friendly fr- mod sound, none of them were, uh, those singles sold in any significant quantity. There were no hits. So after their fifth single in 1967... Uh, called Never Ever, which was the first of the singles that it was, wasn't was a cover. They re- wrote it themselves. Then they were dropped by Parlophone, and they subsequently recorded a load of um, self-penned songs in later 1967 and, and in 1968 that they were hoping would get released on Polydor, but actually didn't get released at all until mm. 1997, when they were compiled onto a um, uh, an album... Uh, given the name of Brain, the uh, the Lost Recordings, 1967 to 68, which came out on Dig the Fuzz Records, and then the, exactly the same songs were sub- subsequently repackaged onto uh, a compilation called Rolled Gold, which is where Pollard presumably first heard it. The personnel on this uh, album are Reg King on vocals, Alan uh, Bam King uh, on guitar and vocals, Ian Whiteman on keyboards. Mike Evans on bass, Martin Stone on lead guitar, and Roger Powell's... Oh, sorry, Martin Stone on lead guitar and flute, uh, and Roger Powell on drums. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry, I'm going to have to correct you there, because uh, as, uh, you gave, you gave uh, Alan King his BAM nickname. I think uh, Mike Evans would want to be known as Ace. Oh, that's true, yes. Mike Ace Evans he was known as. Yeah, yeah. yeah so... Uh, um, yeah, there's 14 songs, isn't there? 14 songs, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's quite surprising, I think, that they... I, I guess, because they haven't had any hits with what might be deemed more commercial material, that whoever, whichever record labels they were trying to get it released on uh, didn't fancy this slightly more out-there material. I mean, is it out there? I mean, it, it seems to me that these are demos... Yeah. Um, which makes them a little bit rough sounding, I suppose. But it, I would imagine that if they were, you know, sort of properly uh, produced and, uh, you know, finished in some cases. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't think is that that out there. It's, it's power pop, isn't it? it? It's out there compared to the the singles they put out on Parlophone, which were very, oh, okay. um, which which as I said, were nearly all covers, and were they were decent. Uh, I've had a, I've been having a listen to them this week. They were decent, but they were slightly sanitised versions of of you know Motown and and sixties soul songs, songs that had been hits mm. on the other side of the Atlantic or 
or B-sides of, uh, you know, uh, uh, songs by written by Smokey Robinson and the like. Uh, and that Land of the Thousand Dances, you know, that na 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 that one. Uh, their version, they slowed it down. I mean, why would you slow that song down? Uh, um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's a, I, I guess Parlophone weren't taking any risks with them, uh, yeah. not letting them do their own material. Yeah, so 14 songs. Um, did, I, did you hear any on there that you thought could have been a hit? Uh, well, I, I really love this this collection, generally. I mean, there, there, are, there are a few tracks which, which I, aren't... Com- you know, finished enough really to be to be considered. But I think I could I could make a, a nine or ten track album out of this, and it would be one of my favourites yeah. of all time. Yeah. I, I mean, I think I think as it is because it's the sound that I I really like. So hits I don't know, but uh, songs that I like definitely yes. I mean, I think what what strikes me is that uh, if you're familiar with the the first two Guide by Voices albums, which I'm sure you are by now, uh, Devil Between My Toes and Sandbox. I think there's a really strong correlation between the sound that, that Parr's got on there and the sound that's on, on this. So it is this lo-fi, melodic rock, I suppose, power pop. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think there are some fantastic songs, in, not, not least, of course, Brain, which was the original um, title of this collection, wasn't it? Yeah. I think that's a, that's a brilliant song. It's one of my favourites as well. It's... it's um... Yeah, I also really like this. I really, really like it. Um, uh, the brain is is very. Uh, the, uh, I'm going to say of quite a few songs. Uh, just to warn the listener ahead of the time, I'm probably going to say of quite a few of the songs. It's a bit like the Who. It's a bit like the Small Faces. <laughs> um, however, I would say you know uh, that I'll come back to Brain in a minute. But Come Around, the opening song, was exactly what I thought I would. I was expecting from this album because you said to me it was quite mod. And and it's not. Yeah. I mean, it's a bit mod, but it's not that mod. I wouldn't say, apart from no. some of the songs. But um, they're they're already into the you know the mod groups like the Who's were moving off it towards psychedelia with the Who sell out and Small Faces as we discussed on previous episode, moving that way with Ichiku Park and Ogden's Not Gone Flake and all that stuff. Uh, but Brain, yeah, mm. is it's probably my favourite song on the whole album. Take your brain. It's time to go. You don't have long to go. Uh, I found out it was it was on the soundtrack of a quite recently it was on this song I think rather bizarrely was on the soundtrack of a um, Seth Rogen are you familiar with Seth Rogen? I've heard the name yeah yeah he's an actor he's in American comedy films uh, and it was on the soundtrack of um, a film he did called Observe and Report which I've not seen but other songs on the soundtrack were. Um, uh, when I Paint My Masterpiece by the band, okay, I can see that fitting together with the, um, the action. Um, a, a song by the Yardbirds. Um, and then, uh, out of nowhere, somewhere from left field, um, Lightsaber Cocksucking Blues by McCluskey, also on the same soundtrack. And Brain was on it. Brain was on it, yeah, yeah. The, I don't know, you know, quite a strange combination of songs, I thought. Uh, probably a bit, of a bit of a weird film. Uh, yeah, but well, I, think, I think the thing is, the, 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 what, what I like about both those songs, come, come Around and Brain, is that the guitar sound is, is great. So there's on Brain, it's kind of this wah wah thing going on, isn't there? Yeah. Um, yeah. And on Come Around, there's, there's a, uh, that descending bass line, which I really like. Yeah. Um, and, and actually, the, ba- the bass playing throughout is really good. And, uh, but the vo- and the vocals are good, there's harmonies on both those songs. 
Um, I, I mean, I sh- they should have been hit, shouldn't they? Come Around is the one to me that sounds like the one that should have been a hit, should and could have been mm. a hit single. Um, yeah. that, 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 that's the one that jumps out at me. It's not necessarily my favourite. It's one of my favourites, but it just sounds like right, I can imagine this being, being a hit. Uh, other favourites, I really... Well, I, I like every song, but that is a fact. Um, I like every song. Even Little Boy? Uh, it's all right. It's not my favourite. Uh, mm. um, the, the words are a bit odd. Um, take your time, learn how to play. Gradually the rules will fade away. Uh, it, it seems to be a little bit, uh, you know, about... Well, it, I, read, I read somewhere that um, Alan King was saying that... Uh, They'd, they'd moved, uh, they'd started taking different drugs around about this period. Uh, okay. And uh, pot and acid were coming into the picture. And that's quite apparent from uh, quite a few of the lyrics, I thought. Um, yeah. and, and that one as well. Um, it's kind of saying, you know, yeah, I, to me it's saying, you know, ignore the rules of society. Uh, okay. Ignore all the codes of the day. Let your juvenile impulses sway, uh, slay, play. I don't know. That's a Smith lyric, isn't it? That that's what it, that's <laughs> well, what it, that's what it's saying. The reason I say that is that that's the only song that that I don't particularly like. And but otherwise, I would totally agree that, the, that it's a very strong, very strong album. So, I mean, in in terms of the ones that you have above Brain, which I can't believe because that is the best song on the album. What, what what have you got up there then? No, Brain is my favourite. Uh, oh. But I also really like Climbing Up the Wall. Uh, yeah. Uh, climbing Up the Wall to see you climbing up the wall. Uh, he's going to. You're, see a, you're a sucker for a flute, though, aren't you? It, the the flute bit in the middle. Is my there's quite a lot of bits of flute on quite a few songs, but that particular song has got my favourite flute part on the whole album because uh, it's actually a flute solo in the middle and it's very very <laughs> melodic, has a bit of a nursery rhyme quality. But that album, that song in particular, I, I could I can imagine fitting in very well on the Who Sell Out again. Um, the other one I liked was um, Strange Roads. Uh, is very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really a simple song. It just starts off with some, like you said before about one of the other songs. It starts off with just some good sort of rhythm guitar, quite um, in your face, uh, and then it's joined by a really, really cool lead guitar riff, which is probably my favourite thing in the song. Mm. And it doesn't really do much. It's just mainly the same verse and the same <laughs> chorus played several times. Yeah. But the band, as they do throughout this album, and the drummer in particular, they just sound fantastic. And every now and again on this album, there's a little part where the band, where there's a little instrumental section where the band sort of really let let loose, uh, just for the odd mm. forty five seconds here and there, and uh, like a look at the view, for example. There's a really good instrumental section in that uh, where the band get a little bit mm. more raucous, and I really like those bits. I see, I, yeah. you, you should you should mention Strain Rose at the same time as looking at the view because I I think both of those sound unfinished. And, and it's particularly strange rose to me. I mean, I, I I agree with you on the guitar sound, um, but it, it, it the words are a bit rubbish. Well, I, I, um, I, I, I'm pretty sure they just sing the same uh, verse and chorus three or four yeah. times. Uh, well, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's my point. And and I think look at the view is also um, uh, well. Is it nonsense or unfinished? I'm not I'm not sure what, how you describe the lyrics. It's but the sound carries it absolutely carries it. The guitar sound brilliant. I thought Look at the View was a bit had, uh, had me in mind of the monkeys a bit. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a bit more um poppy than the psychedelic one or that that of compared yeah. to a few songs on the album. Uh, and I, uh, apart from the sort of 
paperback writer-esque uh, backing vocals, which are very... They place it very much in 1967, yeah, 68, 68, I think. Uh, yeah. Yeah, um, but like I say, there, was, there wasn't a single song I didn't like. Um, Icarus was good. Um, yeah, no, that's uh, one of my favourites, definitely. Um, again, again, there's that bass line on that is really good. Um, and... Uh, uh, yeah, the lyrics I like on that one. They, yeah, I mean, it's basically a first-person recount of the Icarus story for most of the song, isn't it? And then yeah. uh, uh, I like the bit later on in the song where it just repeats uh, Icarus is calling you. is is really good. Uh, and uh, Love Is All as well. Nice, again, some really good gritty guitars on the intro. And then the flute comes along and does a little... little treddy bit, which is... Really good. And that a flute, uh, is it? That, that's, that, that, I think that, so. That the beginning, that wooey wooey bit. Yeah, I reckon that's, that's a flute. flute. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And then there's little flute bits in between the uh, in between the, the the vocals here and there, and in the fade out section. Really, there's another song with a really good instrumental section uh, where they have a bit of a wig out. Um, just mm. on, and that's that's my favourite bit of that song. Um, I think the, the flute, the sound of the flute within within this sort of uh, '60s rock sound, uh, is quite. Love-like. Yeah. yeah, Manfred, Which is obviously a good thing. If yeah. you go back to listen to our podcast where we love that album. Yes, indeed. We love, think, we love love. And, yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, like I say, the whole thing, there isn't a single song on it that I don't like. Um, but uh, what I find interesting is where, where, they, um, where they were going because, like I say, the bits where the band get to wig out and, and to... You know, play, play play a bit more are, mm. are really good, and that 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 kind of what I'm hinting at is that as I'm, you know, that's the next album we're going to talk about. Well, it because is. they do that yeah. a lot more. Before we do yeah. that, though, because I, I I think there are a couple of songs which I haven't mentioned, which I would have in my top four. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so so if in, in terms of the top, Brain would be number one. Come Around would be number two. Um, or perhaps I've got a top five actually. Uh, Something to say I really like, which is the second track on the album. Yeah. Uh, which I think is a little bit more uh, soulful. Um, the backing vocals, particularly, are quite solely. Uh, I thought. Um, but I like the really like the clangy guitar uh, sound on that one. Yeah. Um, and follow me, which which is the towards the end. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I really like that. That's got that one of those sort of urgent rock beat things going on. Um, that's definitely psychedelic, and, yeah. uh, and I really like that one as well. So those those would be my top five with "Follow Me." I'd forgotten about uh, "Follow Me." I'd forgotten about "Follow Me." That's that's I like that as much as "Brain." Uh, possibly, yeah, oh. it's, it's it, the band are really going for it on that, and it's got that lead guitar riff that goes that just repeats throughout, uh, and then yeah. Uh, yeah, the lead guitar. It mainly just one little riff that's played over and over again, but then there's another bit that comes in on a chorus. So follow me, uh, probably my favourite on the album, equal favourite with Brain, uh, and then I, the, my next favourites will be come come around and climbing up the wall. But as I've already said a couple of times, I like every single song. Yeah, no, it's a it's a it's a brilliant collection, um, and as you as you said at the beginning, they they never released it as an album. It didn't, it didn't appear. Um, and they were kind of struggling as a as a band the action because they weren't getting anything released, so yeah. not an album. Um, uh, they were still gigging, and then uh, infamously they they played a gig in Newquay. Mm-hmm. Um, are you aware of this? And uh, I'm aware of Newquay. The, uh, 
in, well, no, not are you aware of Yuki? Are you aware of the gig in Yuki? So no. this, this is, I guess, this will be uh, around uh, end of '68, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I can't tell you which song it was. Um, I think it wasn't actually one of the songs that's on this album. I think it was a cover they were doing. Um, and during the the song, um, the the lead singer Reg King, yeah, decided to climb up uh, an ornamental tree. Uh, that is on the stage. Yeah. From which he from which he fell. Oh dear. And um, yeah, no, I don't think he was hurt, but uh, the the rest of the band were were so un- unimpressed by this that they that they booted him out. Right. Booted him out of the band and changed the name. Um, so they they came from the action they became Mighty Baby, which is exactly the same band bar. The, the tree climbing lead singer who's been been kicked out, um, and uh, Alan King Bam uh, is now taking over the vocals uh, as as Mighty Baby. Yeah, and they they do release an album. In fact, they released two albums, but we're only going to talk about their first one. So this is this is their debut, the self titled Mighty Baby. Um, and there, there's, I mean, their story is quite interesting, actually, even after this, because they they then seemingly all convert to some form of Islam um, before they release their their second album, which the sound of which kind of reflects that particular change to the band. So so there you go. So the the album Mighty Baby released in December 1969, recorded in December 1968, um, featuring the same band, Bar Reg. Um, and immediately you notice that there's not 14 songs on this album. There are eight, and they are all much longer. Because the, the thing about the uh, the action songs, they're all sort of they're all sub three minutes when they were around three minutes. Yes, yeah. these are much longer, and the the sound has changed. This is I'm going to throw it out there. I think this is pretty much prog influenced. There's uh, there's a lot of prog in it. Anyway, it's prog and psych, um, and I'm going to suggest that you don't like this half as much as you like the other one but we, we uh, shall find out well you, you will find out uh, yeah I worked out that the uh, average track length on this album is 5 five minutes 20 seconds uh, like I say 8 songs and 2 of them clocking in at over 6 minutes um, I think we, I think we've mentioned this on a previous episode before uh, but about the change in technology that happened around about the time of this so I know the previous album was only demos, but even if they had gone on to record it properly, uh, there was only four track studios available in '67, and round about the you know middle of '68 is when some bands started having access to eight track studios. The uh, Hey Jude was the first thing the Beatles recorded in an eight track studio, and Tommy was the first thing the Who recorded in an eight track studio. I strongly suspect this was recorded in an eight track studio just because. Yeah. Of just like Tommy, how how well you can hear the separation between the instruments, and it's not yes. muddy sounding like a lot of like, I don't know. Let's say compare compare, um, Pinball Wizard to um, I can see for miles, for example. Yeah. Uh, and comparing yeah. this, a lot of fading, to, isn't it, from left to right as well? All that sort of thing going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it was. I think it was also produced by Guy Stevens, uh, who who later on produced um, the band Free, and that's probably the most. What he's most famous for is producing that, but he also produced uh, London Calling by The Clash, which is probably my favourite album of all time. Uh, and the sound of this album is is really really good. I, I, and exactly what I was hoping might happen, what the bits I, I liked on the previous album, 
where you know the band get get going and their playing is fantastic and I'd like to hear more of that and there is more of that on this there's almost every song I think every song except one has got quite a lengthy section where the band are just freaking out mm. uh, one of the songs I think there's no no vocals in it from about two minutes onwards and, and then it goes on for about another four minutes with just just them playing and having fun uh, 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 tri- Trials of a City it is that one which it, it, it starts off as this sort of southern boogie blues song, not ah. in six eight, you know, dink, 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 not it's tugling, isn't it? It's tugling, tugling, yeah, that's the word. Yeah, uh, great harmonies, but it's blues rock, and it's not usually my kind of thing. But then it's rescued by they stop the song pretty much stops, the vocals pretty much stop after about a minute and a bit. And then there's a really good instrumental section because the guitar playing on the on the lead guitar playing on this album is is fantastic. And then it, it gradually morphs from this weird free chord blues thing, which would have bored me rigid had it carried on for six minutes. But it was status quo for me. Yeah, yeah. Or Leonard Skinner, that kind of music. It's not my thing at all. Uh, but mm. then it just becomes this wig out, this massive long wig out, and it becomes almost an entirely different song. And I really like it. Well, the yeah. other thing about that song that, that redeems it for me is it also has the one thing that always makes a song better, which is uh, hand claps on it. it the, the, that is true, yes, that is true. Uh, well, I think I might surprise you, because I, I actually really, really like this as well. Uh, well, I am it, surprised, because that this, for me, is the area that I I thought you... Yeah, we're getting into it. We, we're getting into this sort of... The, almost, in some places, the, the Canterbury sound. I thought, I thought Egyptian Tomb, which is the opener... That could easily be a caravan song, and and I know you're not overly keen on caravan. Um, there's definitely a, a prog feel to that. It's much more laid back than the, uh, the the previous album. It's got silly voices in it. It does have horns in it, uh, yeah. which I thought you might you might like. But I mean, I, I don't really know what acid rock is, but I'm thinking this might be it. Yeah, I I, I really like Egyptian too. I really really yeah. like it, and that that sax, that kind of, uh, I think it's a sax. Um, Ian Whiteman, the keyboard player, is uh, is credited for playing sax on the album. So um, it's definitely some kind of woodwind, and it's got a really good guitar riff at the start. And for me, that's what makes it is that that kind of polyrhythmic. It's like a triplet feel of that sax part he's playing. He's just playing the same couple of notes, but it kind of is across the the, the rhythm of the rest of the song. Uh, mm. Yeah, I really really like it. I know I, I I've been singing along to it. Because it's quite a good, catchy song, and at the start, mm. I've been singing this as the opening two lines. I was born in a world that could easily bring you down. I was torn from the tomb of a Polish Egyptian crown, uh, and I just <laughs> realised today. God, I googled the lyrics, and it's he's not saying a Polish Egyptian crown mm. because I mean that there never has been a that Polish Egyptian sense. crown. Um, it's a foolish Egyptian crown. Just in case anyone, any other listeners fancy singing along. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I think that's, a, that's it's a great opener. It's one of my favourite songs in the album. Um, the the one after that, the song after that, "A Friend You Know But Never See," I, I, that reminded me of the Allman Brothers, uh, who I I don't know very well, but that's what it sounds. Like. I also thought because I've been listening to um, um, Bevis Front this week. Yeah, uh, I happened to be listening to their first album, and I think there's a there's definitely uh, a connection between. The sound on this song and Bevis from in terms of the you know the, the wigging out and all and all that certainly I would think it's an influence. Um, 
And the guitar sound is really good. The guitar sound is really good. The band, again, the band are given a bit more space, um, uh, both in, in the length of the track and, and also just orally. A-U-R-A-L, that, that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's probably, that's probably my least favourite song on the album, ah. just because it's got that a bit of that 6-8 Southern Boogie, or like you said, All My yeah. Brothers type of thing, which isn't really my, yeah. my kind of thing. But, I did, but that's yeah. mainly at the end of the song. The rest of the song is, is is a bit different to that. It's a bit more um, interesting than than if it had been like that all the way through. Yeah, I do think there's there's a, a, a range of sounds on this album, much more so than the the roll call. They, they are trying lots of different things. They and, are. Uh, yeah. It, it, the third song, I've been down so long. I mean, that's that's country, isn't it? And it's it could be I don't know Crosby, Stills and Nash and Young or something like that. Yeah, uh, I really like the lyrics in that. Um, it's got piano on it, which I think the first time I've heard piano on the album instead yeah. of the saxophone. Um, that's my favourite song on this one. That, right. I, re- I really like that one. Uh, it, yeah, and the, the, that that one and um, I'm from the country near the end. Uh, both of them I've written down. The, the the harmonies are a bit sort of well, like those various bands from California who 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 start with B. Um, the, um, the Birds, Buffalo Springfield. The band who, yes, I know they're not from California, um, uh, but uh, yeah, I've been down so long. It looks like to me, and it also, again, because it's quite long, it doesn't, it doesn't just do the same thing all the way through. It gets, it starts yeah. off as quite as, as sort of almost like a country ballad, and then it's um, halfway through, it, it gets a lot heavier. Uh, the next song on the album is one of my favourites. The same way from the song, oh. uh, it's got a really good freak out section in the middle. Uh, where the band that could be the birds as well, couldn't it? There's a birdsy sound there. Yeah, and but then it, 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 it has this sort of false ending where the song completely yes. fades out to just yeah. like guitar feedback. So already, um, I, I, you know, I love guitar feedback. Uh, but then they, <laughs> they, then you think the song's over, and then they they just come rollicking back in for an extra two minutes of just freaking wow. out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I really the like The vocals it. on that are, are distinctly different as well, aren't they? They're, I think they, I don't know if they're just further up in the mix, but they they seem to be uh, a bit slower, maybe or a bit 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 stonier. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. About, yeah. I don't know, but they're, they're really very cool vocals, which I, I, I like very much. Yeah, and then the next song, which is the first one on on the side two, is is mm. is one of my other favourites, "House Without Windows," yeah. which is. Yeah. More again, if the, apart from Egyptian Two, this would be the one that you can imagine being the, the radio hit on this on this album. If any of them are, it's a bit more accessible. Yeah. It's got a real groove going. Right, as well as quite a lot of this album, when they get a bit of a groove going, reminds me of Jimi Hendrix Experience. But this one also reminds me a bit of Traffic, the band Traffic. Mm-hmm. I mean. uh, uh, house without windows, house where no wind blows, because there's some very nice organ on it, um, mm. and like I say, that it's almost it's almost funky in places. Um, did you know? Yeah, it's the, the, yeah I, I agree, and uh, it's it's one of my favourites as well. Um, I also like the fact that the the lyrics are kind of anti big business, which I suppose much of what's coming out of that part of the the world is going to be like that. But uh, good to hear, nevertheless. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure. Well, no, I'm not pretty sure. I am sure that they, they quite a lot of the verses, uh, the lyrics, they've reused from the actions song "I'm a Stranger." It's the, oh, really? there's oh, a bit in the middle, middle which is the same, the same verses. Um, I mean, the, the part that ends with them singing "I'm a Stranger Here Myself" 
is almost exactly the same as one of the verses from I'm a Stranger. So I wonder if that song kind of evolved out of that one. Uh, but what I like yeah, about it, the chorus as well, because the House Without Windows section, it goes a bit quiet each time they get to that bit. Uh, and the band kind of drop out and there's just vocals and a couple of instruments. And then every time after that bit, the band come crashing back in uh, after after that bit. And it's just brilliant. Really like it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that's a, it's, it's a quality song. It's definitely the best song for me on the on the second half of the album. I don't really like Trials of the City. I'm from the country is okay, but it's it's yeah, it's okay. And at a point between Fate and Destiny, which closes thing off, much slower than everything else. There's a bit of a, a an interesting organ sound, but it's 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 kind of this, the side of prog I don't like very much, which is the, sort of the Barclay James Harvest stuff. It's, it's almost jazz rock, and and I don't particularly like that song. Yeah, I, I did like that one actually. That's one of my favourites. It's very trippy. It's probably the trippiest um, song on the album. I also like the organ, and I like the bit at the start with the acoustic guitar and the, and the again very birdsy type harmonies. Um, mm. uh, I'm just going to read uh, for a listen. I'm just going to read out some of the particular lyrics that I wrote down because I've absolutely no idea what they're about, but they're definitely <laughs> there's definitely LSD influence here. So here, for your listening pleasure, is a dramatic reading of some of the lyrics from At a Point Between Fate and Destiny. High and wild, the silver bird in the warm winter sun, transformed by sweet gaze to the ecstasy of one, and the discovery was suffering. The union was joy, and as I was passing by, just a tear in the sky at night, and I held the lamp the aged hermit foresaw. It was surely God's will, surely the will of the Lord. Surely it was, yeah. yes. I mean, any any song which mentions an aged hermit, I'm, I'm usually, <laughs> usually, count me out at that point. Uh, he's gone too far into prog. Um, but no, I really like it. Uh, not, beca- not Although mm. not particularly because of the lyrics, it has to be said. The lyrics are just weird, trippy nonsense. Well, I'm really yeah. surprised because I, I I think that um, some of the songs that you like the most are the ones that I thought you'd hate the most. Ah. So <laughs> I, I think you I think you've aged during during this recording process. I've so that you now now you're going back and listening. Like, oh, Genesis! Yes, I'm really looking forward to listening. No, no, to no, no, no. Let's not get too far. Uh, no, I, maybe I've become an aged hermit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I really really like. That song. Before we go on to the marks, I, I, you know, I've said a few times about how how good the playing is on on this song. So, uh, I've been looking into what these guys did next. Um, all right. And they've all had. Well, they recorded another album as Mighty Babies. Wasn't yeah, it? but they've all they've all ha- had quite lengthy um, careers outside of Mighty Baby as well. Because uh, Roger Powell, the drummer, Mike Evans, the bass player, and Ian Whiteman on keys. After Mighty Baby, they ended up sort of playing on quite a lot of the Island Records, the Fairport Convention folk rock kind of crowd. And they played on records wow. by Sandy Denny, Shirley Collins, John Martin, Richard Thompson, uh, that kind of thing. In fact, Mike Evans also, intriguingly, Mike Evans, uh, the bass player, played on the 1978 album Out of Wedlock by the novelty folk singer Fred Wedlock, if you remember him. Uh, <laughs> I've, been, I've been looking up to try and find out if... Um, he actually played on Wedlock's classic 1980 hit single, The Oldest Swinger in Town, but I've as yet been able to confirm or deny whether, whether he did. Um, <laughs> but uh, Alan King, um, who, who was the main singer on this album, he, he then formed Ace, 
you know, with um, oh, yes. Paul Carrack, yeah. and uh, they had a big hit with that How Long Has This Been Going On song, haven't they? And Martin yeah, Stone, yeah. the lead guitarist, who, who, who for me is, I mean, all of the playing on this album is, is I love it, but Martin Stone on the lead guitar is, is, is what makes this album, is, that I like it so much. Um, yeah. He, he then became part of the nascent pub rock scene in London, uh, with Ducks Deluxe and Chili Willy, Chili Willy and the Red Hot Peppers, are they called? Uh, they, they were, oh, yeah. but the band Pete Thomas from the Attractions was in before he was in the Attractions, uh, and then he was in in some of the Stiff Records scene. Uh, he played on some records by Reckless Eric and the Pink Fairies and people like that. So uh, yeah, well, they've they've all they all went on to do other things. Reg, about Reg King. He's, he's, you he, look up him? No, he 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 went and worked for the Forestry Commission. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no. One true love. Climbing up a tree. <laughs> uh, no, I tell you what, he did do. He did a solo album in 1971 uh, called Reg oh. King, which most of these guys also played with. So they, by 1971, they must have, um, you know, gotten over the cl- tree climbing incident uh, <laughs> enough that that they were happy to play on his on his solo stuff. Well, I'm very glad to hear that. So, should we do some marks? Yes. Okay. Uh, well, I'm, I'm, I've got no idea where you're going with this, but I I like the action more than the Mighty Baby, and but I love the action. I'm, I'm going to give that. If it had been produced, I probably wouldn't like it as much. But I'm I'm still going to give it an eight and a half. Yep. Okay. Uh, so, uh, uh, do you want to do your mark for the Mighty Baby one as well? Mighty Baby one. I I, I really like. I've been down so long in Egyptian tomb. House Without Windows is, is pretty good as well, but the rest of the album is so-so. I'm going to give it a six and a half. Okay. Okay. So um, I um, also really like the action. Like I said, every single song on it I, I, I liked, and I will go back and listen to it again. Uh, I'm going to give that seven and a half, um, which I think, uh, you know, seven and a half is the highest mark I've given so far in, on this series to any album that I'd not really known before so uh, okay. for example I gave SF Sorrow by the Pretty Things seven and a half I gave mm. um, Odyssey and Oracle by the Zombies seven and a half and those were um, you know my, my favourite ones that I've heard on this podcast so far but I think Mighty Baby I like it even more so I'm going to go oh. slightly higher I'm going to give it an eight wow yeah so that is that now becomes my favourite sort of new album that's new to me that we've listened to in this whole series. I'm amazed. Nice. I'm absolutely amazed, but very pleased. But I should point out that if you want to get yourself, and I'm sure you do, uh, an original copy of that album, uh, you may need to mortgage your house or at least remortgage it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, 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 we'll put a link in it. Maybe, you know, maybe people, if you can find one, if anybody listening to this podcast uh, has, en- has enjoyed it so much that they want to buy us a copy of the Mighty Baby album, uh, I, yeah. did, I was actually looking on Discogs earlier on. You can pick up the CD for about yeah. £8. Pounds. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the only, CD's cheap. The I, only, I didn't buy one. I will buy one. I've added it to me once list on there. I didn't buy one because the only ones that were available were in a lot of other countries. And so it was mm. £8 pounds for the eight pounds-ish for the CD and then another sort of £12 pounds to post it over here. So... I'll, I'll, to our beleaguered country. Yes, yeah. I'll I'll, yeah. I'll I'll keep an eye out for it, and uh, mm-hmm. at some point I will definitely buy it. 
Well, okay. I think the uh, the next the next show that we do is going to be two albums that you you do know. I don't think there's going to be any question about that. So because uh, on on tape twenty five, um, we have uh, David Bowie's Man of Words, Man of Music, which is a title that I wasn't familiar with, but it, basically it's the American version of uh, his self-titled second album, or that's I think that got re- redone as Space Oddity. I know so the it's, one, it's yeah. That album. yeah, yeah, that album, um, and also the the first T Rex album, uh, which is self-titled as well, uh, which is there when they morphed out of Tyrannosaurus Rex and became those uh, those glam kids. So yeah, we've got those to listen to for the next time. Robert Pollard's Guide to the Late 60s is a Trust the Wizards production. You can find out more at pollard60s.com and on Twitter at pollard60s. If you liked it, then please subscribe and review wherever you get your podcasts. You may also enjoy their other podcast, which you can find at trustthewizards.com. Original music by the Malibu Storks. Kika Revelves and Chirizzo Garbanzo are currently appearing in Waiting for Godot at the Mail Theatre in Leeds. <laughs>